Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mount Westwire, um, we'll say football podcast edition because there's more than football going on. We, uh, MWR.com is what we're doing. That's our website. You check everything out. It's, uh, myself, Jeremy Moss. Uh, Matt Kennerly will be joining another podcast down the road because this is a one-off special. And we'll probably have a lot of these specials going on. We're going to talk a, a little bit. We'll dive into it. We're talking with Mac Football over at HustleBelt.com, which I'm very familiar with those guys. I have James Jimenez, who, as I wrote right now, James, your title's in front of me, Assistant Site Manager and Creative Director. So you're pretty busy over there and... First off, how you doing? You okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing fine. Uh, over, you know, over here in the Midwest, over in Michigan, we've been uh, just quarantined for the most part. Uh, the moment that lockdown announcement came down March 12th, pretty much just stayed in place. So, you know, the cap and fever has set in at certain points, <laughs> but, you know, we're doing what we can working on, you know, bettering my, bettering ourselves in certain things and things of that nature. Uh, you'll you'll have you'll have to excuse me. I've been on not a lot of sleep the last couple of days given all the news, so I might drift in and out. Oh, I hear you. I'm I'm with you. There is that's why I brought you on because oh, for those that are rock and if you somehow found found this podcast and don't know what's going on, you're uh a, a, a strength I don't want to say you're just some a random one-off person who found this and doesn't know about cultural Baltimore moments so I congratulate you madam or sir but on Saturday the Mac football done looking towards spring I know at northern Illinois um, was it their AD was like all, been kind of pushing for spring football that's done and it's a huge deal it's like what do you do what's going on there the first conference to go out you had was UConn before or after I forget was UConn right before uh, UConn was just before. I I want to say it was within like 12 hours prior to the Max announcement. There you go. So you had UConn for half a set. It was gone. So it came through. It's like, okay, it's a it's pretty big deal. And then it's like, okay, it's one one power, or whatever, FBS conference, I should say. And that was Saturday. Then you hear all the rumblings about the Big Ten. Okay, maybe, maybe not. Which they're in a freaking mess at the moment. It's like, good luck, Kevin Warren. Hope you have a job soon because it's a wildfire. And yeah, Mountain West, which... It surprised me that they did this because it's like any league, and we'll get everything going here, but like Big Ten did what a two-plus-hour Big Ten Network special, the conference release, a few days later, season, we're done. Same thing the Pac-12, essentially. We have schedule coming out, seasons on Mountain West, announcer type of schedule, the 8-plus-2, and then poof, gone. Like, I'm not surprised anything has happened, but like, what was your initial thought? Like, I know the NIU AD is kind of pushing for pausing and not playing, but when you saw the news come out Saturday morning, which you already knew before they talked, like, what's like your, what's your, what was your initial reaction? Because that's a big deal. Like, this doesn't just happen just because. I have to admit, like, my heart skipped a little bit uh, upon, you know, upon that confirmation, because you know, leading up, leading up to the event, you know, we were just talking about before we came on, like Ross Dellinger and Brett McMurphy were talking about like the possibility of a nine plus one where it would have been like the division games, a couple crossovers and, you know, one or two non-conference games. And I was like, well, you know, what they're saying, it makes sense theoretically because that's what other conferences are doing. But like, we're not hearing anything from the Mac. Like, you know, they've kept a really tight, you know, they've kept a really tight lid on all this stuff. And, you know, uh, Sean Frazier, like you were just talking about over at NIU, he's been very, very vocal about, uh, keeping about looking at the possibility of a spring football season, and NIU pulls a lot of weight there yeah. in the American Conference. They're usually uh, in the top two or three teams every single year, right? And, and it's not just that. There's a complicated history mm-hmm. between NIU and the MAC to begin with. You know, dating back to you know the 70s and 80s, they're 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 kind of the they're kind of the black sheep in the MAC family in certain respects. So. 
you look at it and, and, and it's like, oh, well, NIU is just kind of throwing a fit again. You know, that's just kind of what NIU mm. does. But like this time around, you know, I looked at that and said, well, they've got a point. Like they're really making sense. Like it doesn't make sense, you know, to me that we should be having football in this particular moment. So what, like, what was the initial, like, we hear, like, I've been on Pac-12 calls the past couple of days, like, we heard what Craig Thompson about in the West. What was the singular, I know it's, it should, I'm not, I don't want to pare it down just to one thing, it's like, oh, COVID-19, that's why, but was it, what was their, like, their main reason, like, the Pac-12 basically saying, it's player safety, because there's been some, not reports, but, like, people having heart, uh, lung, I guess, uh, what's proper, I guess heart issues is the main thing of coming out, even if they didn't have any symptoms. Like, what was, like, the main... Was it just blanket player safety? Or they didn't know how to keep them safe? Or what was kind of their main reason that everybody know, like, kind of, what back, we're not doing football because of this? Well, that's just it. Like, you know, I talked about it in my column a couple of days ago where, you know, like, the student-athlete is very forward in the Mid-American Conference's thinking. Like, the MAC has always done an excellent job when it comes to advocating for student athletes in a variety of ways, you know, uh, there's, there's student athlete councils, one of the most active in the FBS. Uh, the former chair for that committee is now like the head of the NCAA, the entire NCAA division one, hmm. for instance, like they're staunch advocates and they allow student athletes to like really have a voice in things. So, like, I've always had the confidence in the Mac to really look around at the college landscape and be able to more or less figure it out. But what Commissioner Steinbrecher was saying, you know, in that initial press conference and then later on in the car wash, you know, because he's been, you know, on ESPN Radio, ESPN Television, SEC Network, CNN, MSNBC, he's been, you know, he's made the rounds over the last three days, is, you know, we don't feel comfortable at this time to risk our student athletes's, you know, well-being and health, which should be tantamount when we're talking about this stuff. It's, like I said the other day, it's like the fact that the MAC took this step and, you know, they're, they're, they're the ones bringing more or less, like, normalcy to this normalcy conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you look at... Uh, the other conferences out there, and like, oh no, we're gonna continue. We're we're gonna we're gonna do our twelve game schedule or our ten game schedule, our nine game schedule, whatever it'll be. And we'll have football, and things will be back to normal, and everything will be great. Well, the Mac looked at that and said, well, no, things can't be normal. This isn't a normal time, and so like that was the biggest reason behind their decision. But it would also be relatively naive to say that it was exclusively a decision based on player health. Do you think um, this has been brought up because I hear what Greg Sinke is saying SEC. I read stuff from Saturdays Down South who does some good stuff for their college football coverage. Sinke is never committed like we're doing football no matter what. Like that's which is a smart thing to say. His words are like let's be patient. But like would there have been like this could be for any league like I, I'll ask you the question moment here because I have an interesting response as well or conversation we can have. But was there any hope like say the mac um we there was no max first off there's no max schedule out like no alternate plan right it was just they canceled they didn't bring up any eight to eight eight plus four anything like that right it was just um no schedule was yeah, talked that, about that's correct. I, I was gonna get into that here in a moment okay. but that's kind of what i was referring to when yeah. i talked about like Dell and jerry mcmurphy putting out those reports yeah okay i hadn't i hadn't heard anything like that okay that's what i was wondering because like the mentioned other schools or leagues did but my point is being Let's just say, who, I don't put hypothetical in anybody's mouth, but let's just, like, they delayed. Like, the SEC right now, end of September, Pac-12 is going to end September, Mountain West, same thing, um, ACC a couple weeks. I don't think there would have been a difference, but do you think there would have been any value in being patient to see? what? Because it is, again, literally a month. That's all the time we'd have before we could actually, not even a month. If you push it back to the third week of September, you probably got to start doing actual football by Labor Day. Like, would there be any benefit to, let's just wait and see a couple more weeks? I don't think so. That's what I agree to, because my main thing is the way they brought people back for any practice, because that's my answer. So I was like, what's the point? Because we don't know. In a month, nothing's going to happen. We're not getting the, I'm not, are you trusting the Sputnik 5 vaccine? I'm not. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going after that thing. Yeah, well, well that was the thing, too. Uh, just before we came on, uh, Bob Bowlesby 
at his press conference, and he says something to the. He said, "I'm going to paraphrase because I don't remember exactly." I may have in me to go ahead. Of like our plan from 60 days ago was golden, and today it's garbage, <laughs> or something like that. Which was what? Which was what Commissioner Steinbrecher said. He's like, "We don't have any certainty or any idea." Of what's going to happen between you know now and when the season supposedly would have started so what's the point of trying to prepare for a future that might not happen yeah i like, agree yeah there were some things like they did it right like some most places did pretty well unless your chip kelly said we lost tesla's july 7 i'm like oh boy that's not good but like they brought back in groups okay they're like how can we bring people out because this is not for a lack of trying by any stretch the there's still leagues trying to play football there were leagues that were attempting to play football and so they came back, okay, how can we bring back football team? Let's just say your team has 90 players, 100 players. It's an even number. All right, well, June 1st, because there's, like, here in University of Utah or Utah State and schools I'm around, one week you come in. If you're from in-state, you come here. You come this week. If you're from out-of-state, you come here. If you're out of the country or wherever you're from, you tiered in when you're coming in. Okay, working out. Let's do 15 people only in the, in the workout room or whatever it may be. Or out in the foot, maybe 20 outside because a little bit more spacing to do things. That was the right thing to do. Let's get to work out. How can we do this? That's just I think that was a smart move. But what it really comes down to is okay, and there was also the face shield or however you wanted that to work. I just kind of felt of the impression, I don't know if that would work. It's better than nothing. It's like the face shield people maybe wear like you if that it's something, it's not great. But my point, why don't you just wear a mask and put your foot football helmet on top of it? You know what I mean? That's like the best thing to do. You can make that work. But the point I'm getting to, let's see here. Is that, and you're the exact same. I'm gonna same thing. We're getting at. They're not actually playing football. And do you want these guys to be delaying a month and going to play football? Where news alert, folks. Football is a contact sport. You gotta be in people's grill all the time. You're in their face. You're tackling. You're sweating. You're spitting saliva. You're breathing on them. I don't think schools wanted that problem to come to them. Where there are some te- positive tests coming back. Or even people who don't, whatever the testing could be. But I don't think they'd want to risk getting these people sick because there's no chance to practice football. You're not playing real football. And do you want that to be your test subject? No. That that would be the on the conscience of anybody. If anybody were, unfortunately, like, get sick, people have died from this thing. Like, young people can die, not as many as older. But if you're not playing, you're not playing football. So you don't know. And that unknown has to be weighing like a million pounds and all these ADs, coaches, presidents, chancellors, unless you're Scott Frost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unless you're Scott Frost, who is just off in his own little universe. And like you were just talking about, like football is a full contact sport. Like we don't realize, like I think we take it for granted, like how much contact there is, because we especially don't on the line, offensive line. Just, no, yeah, just look, look at the huddle, saying, the like, huddle. Horrify like <laughs> trench play. I know. Like the whole point of the line of scrimmage is, is that you're fighting for this particular yard of scrimmage. And when it comes to like social distancing, the recommended like allowance is six feet. That's two yards. Like, how are you going to be able to legislate that in football? Like, that's not football. At no. that point, if you're going to try and enforce that, you're more or less just recreating rugby. Yeah, it is. Like, yeah, it's... There, there's no way. There, there's no way to safely be able to play football given football's close contact and violent nature. It's a game that is all about violent acquisition of dirt. That, yeah. That's what football yeah. comes down to. And it's like the only way you could do it is do it to NBA, MLS, uh, NWSL, NHL, which, which is put you in a confined location. That can't be done for college athletics, even though, like I was thinking before, like I've always been a pessimistic. I'm like, back in my head, like I was, when Rudy Gobert changed the sports world forever, I was working my radio show that night as our show's going on air. I'm like, why is the Oklahoma City Thunder game and Jazz game postponed 20 minutes? I run downstairs to our newsroom. I hop on for a quick two minutes as we're wrapping up the prior, because I'm in a news station. Go downstairs. Dave, like, what's going on? So I give him a quick two-minute update of him being stupid rubbing the mics and everything then the game's postponed like well it looks like he's sick we are literally as of right now five months to the day from that happened and there and i don't want to say there's no planning but there's literally been no plan in place for college football football because spring ideas like it we'll get to that in a minute like if that's going to be a thing like all these ad's and conference commissioners like well i guess we started to look at spring the other day i'm like 
Why were you not looking at every option on the table? And you know what their main, their stupid reason was? Well, what if it leaked out to somebody? It's like, who freaking cares if it leaks out if you're considered? <laughs> you're looking at every single option on the table. Good, bad, off the wall, play a game on the moon, look at anything you can do. And so... It just speaks to a a true lack of leadership on every scale that they're so worried about the PR of making a decision that they're making decisions that make them look bad from a PR perspective. It's just, it's absolute lunacy to like look at this whole situation and look at it from a, well, you know, is this going to make us look bad or like what will make us look good? You know, you what know, makes you look bad. A player looking, dying on the football field. Like what? Like, Where, yeah. Sorry. But die, death, that should be your biggest concern. People can die. And I hope that doesn't happen if these teams play, but that is an option. Right. And, and that, that actually brings me back to a very important point with the, uh, with the max talk is that like part of the reason why NIU was so staunch in like, insisting that the Mac does not play in the fall is because, well, one, their president, Lisa Freeman, has spent her life as a medical researcher, you know, in multiple disciplines. And, you know, she she read all the research. She talked to all the proper officials and they, you know, they told her, much like they told Commissioner Steinbrecher, there's no way you can do a football season. Yeah. With all the sunset. Wasn't it the the first thing? Yeah. And the second thing is that, uh, is that Sean Frazier, like, lost a loved one like really yeah. early on like in the in the whole midst of the pandemic and you know he was personally affected like he he's been on record as saying like after that like after that was really when he started pushing for spring football as saying like i can't have the blood of somebody on my hands i can't look at myself in the mirror and say you're going to go out there and you're going to play football when like i wouldn't do that myself and when i've had to suffer like this unfathomable thing that was entirely preventable. And I think it was really that that appeal to ethos, that appeal to the heart of just the humanity of these things that we're dealing with was really what swayed a lot of the other presidents, even if the other presidents were looking at it and saying, well, we're standing out to lose like $10 million. They, you can't say no to that. Yeah, it wasn't. He didn't. He also say, I think he's the one phrase. You're like, it doesn't matter how much testing you do. Testing's still not a vaccine. Wasn't that him who said that? From NIU, right. I believe. It's like, yeah, you can test. Like the Big Twelve, like they're doing press conference now. Like right here, it says, uh, Big Twelve enhanced COVID nineteen testing includes three per week. Great in high contact sports. So football, blah, whatever. Just we'll stick with football, obviously. Um, including after positive occurrences, will include an EKG troponin blood test, echocardiogram, and cardiac MRI. I'm like, doesn't that give you a, a huge red flag? After you test positive, we need to test for heart failure, um, heart dysfunction, heart arrhythmia, any chest or heart issue. That Because that's on the table. Like, why? Like, you see what's written right in front of you. Okay, you test positive. Symptoms or not, let's check your heart. Let's check your lungs. Let's check your test. There's the Broadway actor who needed a double lung transplant and a leg amputated passed away. There's been the MLB player recently had to shut the season down because he had a uh, I think it was a heart issue after COVID with no no symptoms. Like if your result is test positive, okay, you, you test positive, follow up. Hey, let's check the major things that keep you alive if you're okay or not. It's like don't you see the disconnect there, folks? Right? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's like I alluded to several times in that article. It's just there's a there's just a lost humanity in these arguments it it has really stripped it, it's really stripped down like the whole ncaa model to like its barest bones like they the the conferences you know like the sec and the acc and you know the pack not the pack 12 pack 12 canceled right yes you know all the conferences that are still on like they're asking they're going to their athletes and saying What's the price I can put on your heart? <laughs> that the buy game from the Big Ten school, right? Is that what they're talking about? <laughs> I'm, I'm missing right. on missing on three buy games here. It's three point eight million dollars. You know, you're, you're, you're walking up. You're walking up to your backup left tackle who's never played a snap. He had a red shirt year. Maybe he has a good GPA or whatever, right? You're walking up to him and saying, "Hey, you 
have you know x percent chance of having long-term heart inflammation and issues breathing but we need your body i'll give you unlimited meals yeah and like that's that's why you feel about that no it's like also flip it the other way back same position back up left guard junior whatever upperclassmen playing at a we'll say the mac conference because if you're a backup guard a junior uh, like let's just like project are you gonna make the next level nfl and you're a position that's not even in the not even in that conversation just because you whatever you just didn't develop you're just not you're not great you're just fine you're good enough to play college football which is great you have a scholarship which is amazing and there should be other things included that but like you're you're just a run-of-the-mill backup guy where you'll play a handful here and there, but you're not expected to play after your eligibility expires. Like, well, what's the point of them playing too? It's like, it, it doesn't, honestly, what we're saying here doesn't matter. The, the, out, the risk outweigh any reward. You know what I mean? Like, whether you're going to be Trevor Lawrence and he says he still wants to play, great, whatever, or you're any guy, you're the backup punter, the third, the walk, well, not walk up, but scholarship, any, yeah, anybody, it doesn't matter. Like, the risk doesn't outweigh the reward. Like, am I going to get better than the NFL? I'm just a backup here. Like, do you want to be just a punching bag out there? But then, think about it. Like, what about the guys who you mentioned got good GPA? What if there's a guy who, there are a lot of guys out there. The only reason they're in college is because they play football, and they had grades just good enough to get in where they, like, that helps a lot of people where they wouldn't be able to afford to go to college. Like, what are they going to do? It's like, well, I'm going to sit out. Scholarships are going to be granted and held down for this year, but... It's all, it's a million different scenarios. Like, what are you thinking? Like, what's I know guys want to play. Like, there's the we the Mountain West had something Pac-12, like all the United. So like, let's get together and play. But it wasn't just play. They were wanting well Pac-12. That revenue thing is a bit out there. I, I might for real to say like fifty percent. Like that's not gonna happen. But better protections, better this, better that. The thing is, they could have had the perfect plan in place. I still wouldn't want anybody playing college football because again, you don't. It's unknown. You don't know until you hit somebody. It's like the Mike Tyson. You don't have a play until you hit in the mouth. Well, this is way worse because you could die if you get hit in the mouth or somebody actually spits on you or gets slammed yeah, down your neck. That's, that's the thing. How, that, that, that's, the, that's the wild part in like this entire discussion. It's not like we're talking about something that's, well, I mean, you could make the argument it was entirely preventable, but it's too late yeah. at this point. <laughs> that's now. a bigger, that also goes back to leadership with let's pass the buck from at the top down to your, uh, City councilman, essentially. No, you, where, like, you got it. You make we're it. We're talking about something that isn't easily defined, one, and mm-hmm. then two, like, doesn't discriminate. You know, it's it's not going to look at, like, your ethnic background or, like, how good a student you are or, like, what your NFL prospects mm-hmm. are. It's just going to affect you. Like, that is the nature of virus. There is yeah. literally a reason why, like, you know, we... We talk about like tweets going viral. It's because <laughs> like that's what a virus does. Yeah, it is random, it is indiscriminate, and it is everywhere. And you know, like the Mac looked at that, and they realized the inevitable. Like, there's no use in planning for the unplannable. Like, we don't know what's going to happen with this virus. The virus is going to tell us, you know, like it, the virus is going to dictate to us what our future plans are. There's no use for trying to plan for something when, you know, 30 days down the line, 15 days down the line, a week down the line, (laughs) that whole plan might end up being scrapped and changed. It's better, you know, to kind of bunker down and wait and, you know, kind of see what happens than to just keep making plans and keep making plans and keep making plans because, you know, at some point there has to be certainty, you know, like ADs need to be able to know like which schedules are open for you know matches Mm -hmm. coaches need to know when we can start you know running these practices student athletes need to know what is my schedule going to look like you know where am i going to stay like do i you know do i leave for campus now yeah or you know do i go back home at a certain time or you know or something like that you know like the uncertainty of not having a plan in place really weighs on like the Everybody, mental, the mental, which is a, an already like anxious position, being a student athlete on scholarship, which should be revoked at any time, and it doesn't have to be for you know it. it it's kind of like a job mm-hmm. where like at will, at will, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like it, it's already an anxious position as it is, and now you're adding on to that anxiety with like the conference kind of waffling on like, well, we might do this, we might do that. 
the match is ripped off the band-aid and said, look, there's no use. Was but, there any discussion because they lost so many Big Ten games? Was that part of it, or do you think it's all health-wise? Certainly. Uh, Commissioner Steinbecker talked about it on uh, Sunday morning with uh, Myra and Matt Kath and uh, Matt Schick. He said that, you know, the, the Big Ten and the SEC were like the first conferences to really come down and say, this is what we're going to do, you know, with our new schedules or whatever. Uh, he said if the SEC and the Big Ten stayed the course, so if they would have kept with their, you know, 12-game schedule as normal, mm-hmm. the MAC and, you know, the rest of the group of five conferences would have had no choice. They would have had to stay the course themselves as well in order to, like, try and ensure that, you know, all the programs, you know, all the members are able to get their finances in place. And, you know, the MAC was the biggest conference affected by the Big Ten and the SEC making the choice they did. Yeah, we're talking, mm-hmm. we're talking in the range of 10 to $15 million lost overnight. More than I that, know. probably. Like, it, it depends on many. But, yeah, let's just say, what is there, 12 teams to MAC? Let's say there's one. Like, if we even if we go two, it could be upwards of twenty million almost. I don't know how many they have. Like one and a half by games per school. That's like eighteen by game. Yeah, you're right. That could be. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah, so no- if you're talking about like a Ball State or a Central Michigan yeah. and Eastern Michigan, Kent State, all of them had at least two by games yeah. on their schedule. That's about two million Central bucks Michigan alone. Lost something in the range of two and a half million. I think Kent State lost like three million. Eastern is at like one and a half or two. And like Central Michigan's budget, and I'm going to keep using Central Michigan as an example here because that's what I'm most familiar with. Go for it. I'm sure there are other like examples. Well, like out, out west there. here, like Pac-12, 13 like Central, games. Like Central's budget is somewhere in the range of uh, 9.9 million. They're one of the healthiest programs in the MAC, and they're still subsidized like 75 percent by student fees in the university. And these buy games, like the two buy games they would have had this year, would have accounted for like one third of the budget. Yeah, yeah. So like, oh, man. They, it it would have been naive to not talk about the financial implications. I agree. Yeah, it's yeah. And, it's, you know that discussion was had in there. It has to be. It, I mean, it ha- it has to be. You know, and that that's that's why the Mac doing what it did and saying, well, you know, by the consequences, we're going to go ahead and cancel was so refreshing. It's because like they did have that argument. They did talk about you know, having reduced schedule. They did talk about doing a spring schedule. They did talk about not having sports at all. So, like, there is a diversity of arguments being had in that room, and the reasonable argument ended up winning out so in it, the end. Now, quick, will that affect the Mac short term? Yeah, it's probably uh, going to affect them short term. Everybody, come on. They're losing so much money, but, yeah, like, I think ultimately, like, we're going to look back on this in five, ten years, and realize that, like, they totally did the right thing. I agree. Like, I want football as much as anybody else, because, like, there's a couple reasons. Like, we make a few bucks doing this thing, not a ton, like, I writing and everything, but my other main job, sports radio program, like, I have a few other options, because it's, like, a news station as well as other things, but, like, there's people, like, there's a piece, like, thing I hate the most. It's, like, go over at SI, and this is a good thing, I like SI, um, I'm going to read Michael Rosenberg, like, Title just came out. The media cancel college football. I'll take credit. Thanks. Anybody who says we don't want football, whether it doesn't have to be if you work and make money off it, which look what like the athletics done. Look what um hey Pac-12 Network on their call yesterday. Like Pac-12 Network, they have zero live sports, nothing going on through January one. What are they gonna freaking air in their program for going back till middle of March? Like nine months of nothing? It's like that's hard to do. And so people saying, Oh, there's you guys don't want football. It's like I would rather be, and I said this from the beginning from when all this stuff happened, I would rather be overcautious, look like we overreacted and under, under, be underprepared, which we are as a country at this moment in, in the most basic terms. I'd rather us overreact and say, you guys did this, but we had no football, we had no basketball, we didn't have kids in school, they had to stay home. You know what? I'd rather have that because there's not much we can focus on now for that part just because it's kind of the barn's out the door, or whatever you want to call it, like the cow's out of the barn, the same, whatever it may be. But there's no pulling it back in from a big picture from the in the country as a whole with 160 plus thousand people dead and more coming as we speak. But if you can mitigate here in college football, it's like, okay, the MAC doesn't have football. Whatever conferences don't have college football, you know what percent you know how that lowers the percentage of people getting sick from COVID? Drastically. And I get it, people say, well, if you're on campus with your program, you might be safer than home. 
I can't say either way. Maybe, maybe not. But you know what I can't say? If you're not hitting people in the mouth, you're le- odds are less likely of getting sick from this thing. And so I'd rather be on the other end. Like people, I want football to watch. I love watching college football. I've done it forever. Went to multiple games. I grew up in Texas. Go Texas, Texas A&M games. I go to the crappy Rice-Houston games in the Bayou Bucket where there's like 10 people in the stands. I've gone to Utah BYU games. I've gone to the Fiesta Bowl in Utah one out there. I've got, I love college football, as you do as well, and other, a lot of people listening. I cover it. I make a few bucks on it. There's fans that like it. You have relatives that play. You have, fan, you have there. It's all entered together. Like, you know what? I am 100% perfectly fine not having – well, I, I won't go that far. But point being, what trumps? Like, what's like what's more important? Like, that's what it comes down to. Living, health – it's like the stupid economy thing. Well, we need the economy open. The lieutenant governor of Texas is like, well, we need the old people to sacrifice. I'm like, no, you don't. You don't need to sacrifice anything for this. And so I want it to happen, but if it doesn't happen, you know what, James? We're going to be fine, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> going back to your economic argument there real quick, like the, the point is made a lot that, and I've heard it a lot the last two days or so, is that like college towns are going to be really affected by you know, the choice to not have football this year. And you, I, the, I'm looking at that. I was like, they're already affected. Yeah, that, that's just like, a singular they, event. Like if, yeah. they ha- if they haven't closed already, they might inevitably end up closing anyway. That's just the, that's the, that's where we are right now. Like, of course their numbers are going to be down. We're not in normal times. So yeah. like, it's, it's a moot argument. You know what? If there's college football, no fans, those places are still going to struggle. Right? Right, because... No, I'm going back to Mount Pleasant. Uh, Mount Pleasant is where Central is. Mount Pleasant without the uh, without campus. So if you take everybody off of campus or summer vacation, Mount Pleasant isn't any more than like 10,000, 15,000 people. That place balloons to about 40,000, 45,000 when students are back. Yeah, it's like I grew up in Houston. My brothers went to Texas A&M. It's a 90-minute drive. Yeah, college, there's a college station, Bryan, decent-sized town, even without the university, the Texas A&M University. But College Field holds 100-plus thousand people. I've worked for hotel places where I had reservations and years and years ago. I'd get calls 46 weeks at a time to book these hotel rooms that are 250 a night, 300 a night. It is a six to eight, or I don't know, whatever. Yeah, six to eight week singular events that are huge, that do keep afloat the entire, the entire city. Similar to like Comic-Con in San Diego, even though people think San Diego is a huge town, it's whatever, it's a decent size, but no Comic-Con there. Like how many people congregate that, but at Texas A&M, it takes forever to get in, takes forever to get out. A lot more people who come on game day as well from Houston, Austin, around the surrounding areas. But you're right. Campuses are closed. Poof. Towns are ghosts. Especially these really, really small college towns like you're describing where you're like College Station, decent size, but not really. Like, look at these towns like State College or SEC, Tuscaloosa, all these small towns, Gainesville. You have uh, Starksville, Mississippi. You have a look at Big 12, Lubbock, Texas. It's like, who's like who's living there outside of your students? Like, there's not many people. Stillwater, Oklahoma, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like here where I'm at here in Salt Lake City. You got University of Utah, but Salt Lake City's a big town. Even down in Provo, BYU, that whole metropolis is a decent-sized town. You go to Southern California, okay. You got, you know what I mean? Like Northern California, Bay Area, there's those, those, those are fine. But the argument, it's like any pro team. Well, the, is the Warriors make like Golden State make like three to five million on every game night, the new Chase Arena in San Francisco. They're losing that money. Well, everybody's losing money, but it's already happening now. It could further the, the divide of making less money. And unfortunately, business, businesses are going to go under. But like, there, that's another conversation for the other day for how that could have been handled better to help that not be the case. But, this town, like, yeah, nobody's I, there. I think, yeah, I think more to the point I was trying to get to is that, like, the whole financial argument, you know, in the in the grand scheme of things, is really silly. Yeah, like, life or come on, what's what's more important? Just yeah, because, <laughs> because again, it's it's like I going back to what I said earlier. You're you're walking up to an athlete and asking them the price of their heart. You know, like, you you, it's in no staunch, it's in no more staunch terms where it's like, hey, look. We need you to go out there because, like, not only are we depending on you because, you know, we give you your scholarship. You depend on us, but we also depend on you and Fox, ESPN, FS1. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, that's the thing, too. It's like, it's not like an arm or a shoulder or ligament where you can play through it and be fine. Life or death, obviously, the heart. It's like, 
you know that's the main thing to keep you alive essentially but also when you look at like these athletes and stuff it's people like well pro sports are doing it well that's different because they're paid they're first off they're paid i'll just stop there and then second every sport's paid well especially like nba and stuff obviously second third like they could stick it like look at nba sticking you can't not call it football Stick them in Orlando for however many months they're going to be. They just had their new release, zero positive test. That's amazing. That's great. You can't do that and for college football. They have a union. Yes, there's a union. I'm getting there. And then people are like, well, youth sports, high school sports. I'm like, well, you can opt out, opt out of that anytime. Like, you don't have to play. These guys, like, well, their scholarship will be preserved for the one year at least, you would think. Who knows how much longer. It, whatever. Scholarship stuff. Schools would be nice and say, yes, you're fine to keep your scholarship. But if they're just going to quit school, what do they do is like not play and leave school for whatever reason. Like they're screwed. Like they don't have, they're in this weird in between where representation's lacking. They're unpaid labor. Mostly like I'll I'll keep it simple. It is unpaid labor. You know what I mean? Like the Supreme court said something they can get a bit, a bit more, but name image likeness isn't coming tomorrow. And so it's not like they can go out and make money. Right. Not, like it, like it, I uh... talked about this to a certain degree. I was on a full ride when I was at central and I got, you know, all my room and board paid for. It's nice. You know, tuition, tuition <laughs> was paid for. And I had a stipend on top of that. It's essentially the same thing. Yeah. So, like, those student athletes are essentially getting more or less what I got. And I can tell you from experience that, like, the stipend isn't ultimately that much. Like, it's you know, like, like the cost of living thing that they get. I think I had, like, something like a thousand per semester, 1500 Not much. Come on. 200 bucks a month? Much. 200 bucks a month? It's like if you have a decent car, that pays for your car a month, pay me if you have a car payment or something. You know what I mean? Right. Not and, much. And like that that's what people are screaming at like the athletes for. It's like you're, you know, you're getting a full ride. Which is you great. Know, but you're getting a full ride to play a game. You know, you need to you need to buckle up, you know, chin down, you know, grow a pair and go out there and play football. You know, stop complaining that you don't that you can't afford to do these things. You know, be grateful. The whole thing is like mm. be grateful. It's like you know, and even me, like I was a first gen college student. I was on a full ride scholarship and I was still struggling yeah. from and, day to day. And then you're not also added on top of what the football practice, all the practices, meetings and everything else you do as well on top of that. Exactly. So like there, there's so much pressure on these student athletes to perform on a day to day basis, not just on the field, but like off the field too. They have GPA minimums that they have to keep up. They have, you know, their obligations mm-hmm. For a practice, they have to talk to media, you know, every week, mm-hmm. pretty much. So, like, adjust your class schedule. Do like it's like I did sports in college. Well, I just got partial money. I did like only water polo and swim team, but I was gone like every weekend through football season. Essentially, had to make sure schedules upright. Um, I say it's not as grueling as football, but like you're out doing stuff. You're other busy on top of your college life and what's going on. And so there's other things to do, and it's not easy and saying you're grateful which in a grand scheme of things like well no it's like well yes it's not it's nice to have that i'll say this it's not it is very nice and beneficial to them but when what you do for your college university generates hundreds of millions of dollars tens of millions of dollars something the imbalance as we know is not there and it's not the people who want to football to play more are the higher ups like i get the players want to play it's like if i were that age heck, i'd want to do my sport as much as anybody else but you gotta say, duh. You're talking to people who are like I know. 17, yeah, 18, kids 19. essentially. Like, of course they're gonna want to play. Like, it's it's what they've known. They've been playing this game since they were what four. Yeah, and it's also like, oh, hey, man. play through it. Which I get to a degree. Like, play through injury or if you're really hurt or injured, whatever. It's like try to go through it. This is not something you go through and do. Yeah, that, and, that's just that, that's just the culture of the sport. You which play, can be good, but in this case, it's not obviously. <laughs> Right, like you play football, you are football. There is this there there is this air around football, unlike other sports. I feel like because you don't see it in baseball, you don't really see it in basketball either. You know, I guess hockey is the closest thing to it. Yeah, rugby, like, hockey. Yeah, there is this almost like militaristic mindset surrounding football of like you have to make the personal sacrifice. No water breaks for you. Come on, go no, through no it. No water breaks like, for you. Please. Like, you have to be tough. You have to put on the. You have to put on the straight face. Go out there and do battle. Like, you know, football in our culture is 
essentially like an acceptable form of war. <laughs> like we, we legalized assault. Oh, man, to agree, yeah. For like three hours every Saturday night all across the country. Like that, that's that's just what football is. And that, that is also kind of what speaks to the nature of the argument, ultimately, is that, you know, football is America's gladiator sport. And, you know, I love football. I've watched football for half my waking life, but there are moments where I feel guilty watching it, where, you know, especially on, like, particularly violent hits where I'm field level and I can hear you know, the shoulder pads and the helmets collide and I'm there taking a picture of it. Yeah. And realizing that, holy crap, this is, you know, this is someone's son. Yeah. It's also like the ESPN guard of the, what do they do with prime time? Like the hard hit segment or something. They've stopped. Jacked up. It was called Jack. Yeah, yeah. It's like the audio sounds great because where the mics are at, but it's like, oh, uh, oh, it's like, how about we don't promote that type of stuff, which we've, <laughs> we've changed and learned, but still it's like leading with the head with what you're wearing where, like it's like uh, look at baseball oh, years ago, like Barry Bond. Look at some of the Barry Bonds or like I'm actually like Craig Biggio people. Basically, were armored to the plate and covering themselves up with the plate. It's like and like I'm invincible when you get hit by a hundred mile fastball. It's like kind of the similar thing in football. Where I'm wearing this, I'm wearing that. I'll wear a cast and still smacking the crop at the cost of the head. You know what I mean? Or the back or lower back where there's no padding there, but. It's it is like we've learned some of it and things are getting clearly I think somewhat better because CTE and stuff we're learning more about that but that's still a generation away from knowing exactly when we have more test subjects instead of people who are knowingly donating their brain that they have it that's different than a bigger sample size but we're learning from there like okay what can we do here it's a whole thing but let's move forward real quick so what's the MAC plan are they like how serious is spring football for them and again it, we can come back to safety because I don't think it's that safe either but what's their any indication or your thoughts on what that may do come January, I guess. So it's, it's really winter spring football for serious. It's not right. just uh, Personally, I'm going to start personally here before I go into kind of what I've heard and like kind of what I've gathered from reports. Personally, it's going to be really hard to play in the springtime for the Mac. Uh, part of the reason why the Mac canceled in the first place is because two thirds of their members, nine out of 12, are in Michigan and Ohio. And those were the two worst affected, or two of the worst affected states in terms of the virus and two of the states with the most restrictions. Mm-hmm. Like, throughout the last Yeah, Governor years. DeWine started early. Like, NCAA tournament, no fans. MAC tournament, no fans. He was, right. even and, at the and, forefront, and, it still and, has and issues. Going back to what you are talking about with Rudy Gobert, mm-hmm. remember that whole thing? Oh, yeah. He apparently first contracted in a game at Cleveland against Detroit. Yeah, <laughs> like at you know at the what what used to be uh, Quicken Quicken Loans yeah. Fieldhouse. Yeah, I, they, I think it's called like Rocket Mortgage now. Whatever. Something yeah. Like that. But the Jazz but had like I remember they're on a road they trip. Had their tournament there. Yeah. Like, three days after that game. <laughs> so like, the Mac has been in the center of this for a long time. They had their first canceled game from coronavirus in January. Mm-hmm. So like. They've been in the center of this. And I think the Mac looked at it, you know, in their negotiations and said, you know, we're in a bad spot. Like, we can't afford, like, one, we can't afford to do the testing every day, you know, to keep it up like the Power Five does. Yeah, they, when you're getting, when the Big Ten's getting 50 million a year, they can theoretically, or they should be able to hold off the season. Yeah, Big Ten's getting what? 50 million a year per program? Yeah, per program. The Mac and Mount yeah. West don't get that for the entire contract per year, $50 million, I don't think. Right, like the, the, the Mac, I think, is at a shared revenue split of $8 million between 12 programs. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah, they can't afford to. They simply cannot afford to. And that is part of, like, the financial liability of their cancellation. That, was, that really factored into the algebra there. So what about uh, – so what do you think? Like, I know, like, spring, like, what, are there any serious talks or is it just – is it more wait and see? Because I, I feel this whole thing going on, which I felt since literally April, well, April, but I kind of thought the idea last week, we're watching an alternate version of the Titanic. Because okay, so <laughs> the, way, the way that I, the way I've seen it reported in, you know, kind of, it, it's like 50% report, 50% hypothesis, they intend to play. So like the idea behind canceling the fall season, or I guess their official words are postponed. Yes. But, 
let's keep it real. Like any football that's played in the spring is not going to be proper fall football. So the fall football season is done. It's canceled. Mm -hmm. So I am perfectly fine using the term canceled. Me too. Uh, They intend to play, but there's no plans. That we know of, right? No public plans or league plans. Uh, Commissioner Steinbrecher talked about, you know, in the in the press conference, you know, the initial press conference after they when they made the announcement, and then subsequently on all the radio and television shows, is that they intend to play, but you know, again, it just goes back to the virus is going to tell us what we can and cannot do. So, you know, they'll try and have contingency plans in place, more or less. But they're just gonna they're gonna try and wait it out and kind of see what happens. They're being very conservative about it, which, in my opinion, is very good. Uh, my my parents are nurses, you know. Like, yeah, my wife's they, a nurse. Same thing. They, she tells me all sorts like, "Wear your freaking mouth. Like, I got. It. I'm listening to everything you say. <laughs> right. So yeah. So like, my parents are nurses. So I understand like the the ramifications of wanting to be very cautious and careful with these types of things. And, and that's what they're doing. Uh, they're talking to like all the appropriate medical staff. They're talking to their coaches, you know, it's like, you know, if we do end up having a season, what do you think would work in terms? Yeah. Of, like, what, that- like what, what's feasible? Because here's a couple of things we, like, we don't know. Could there be a vaccine? Like joke about the Russia thing, like who knows, whatever, that's nothing. But here in the U S and UK, there's phase three trials, which is large scale, I believe in the four figure range of people getting tested. Okay. That goes through, I think, Octoberish or say Novemberish, and then you have to distribute. I know there's something from say, India. There's some billionaire who they're working on stuff as well, which could produce hundreds of millions of vaccine. Great, you're gonna need billions worldwide. First of all, if you think about it, and how many dosage dosages you're gonna need, we don't know that either. And so the odds of there being a vaccine available to play football sometime in 2021 between January and May, slim. So we had to consider that. It's like. We may be in the exact same situation now as we're in four months, which would not surprise me. I'm leaning more toward we're still going to be doing what we're doing now in January and February compared to not. You know what I mean? Like that's the first thing too. Like that's the that's kind of the stop point. Are we going to have a vaccine to make it safe? Because again, there's no safe way to play football without content. You yeah, know what I mean? And, so and you know that goes back to like the whole thing of like trading the schedule. It's like you know they're talking to the talking to the coaches and it's like you know say we have X Y Z. What would the schedule look like? Well, the coaches are going to have to keep in mind that, like, they still have a fall football season to play in 2021. Yeah. So, like, what would be a reasonably creative schedule where they could, you know, still get in some games and then not be tired enough to go into the next season? I personally don't see how they make it happen there. You know, they're they're talking to student athletes, too ultimately saying would you feel comfortable with playing a spring no no no. they will 99 percent will say yes remember we said earlier these are kids if you're able to play they'll Uh, play (laughs) right but i i think personally the thing that will ultimately affect like how they look at you know the spring schedule quote unquote is where do you start it like you're you're in the we're in the midwest how many how many outdoor stadiums are there in the mac like aren't almost all of them all of them okay so <laughs> that doesn't help either just because it's cold in february and even in march right well, well that's, just, that's what i'm saying like the spring semester at midwestern schools starts in december it like well i, I should say it starts in january like the first two weeks of january yeah. are we really gonna like january and february are the two worst snow months at I, least michigan i like some football but or, come on <laughs> probably other places too yeah are are we really gonna send? Are we really gonna send all these guys out there in like negative five degree conditions? Wind before chill. Night night game as well, possibly. Night game on a Tuesday night. Yeah. Like think that that's absurd. Like that's even crazy. playing at noon or three o'clock is it's it's I'm here in Utah. It gets dark early, and so even you kick off at three o'clock, sun's yeah, down at four thirty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, essentially, and, and that's just it too. Like. You know, in January, the sun is setting at three o'clock. Yeah, (laughs) you know, there's so much happening there with like the concept of like the spring season, quote unquote. But you would almost have to start it in January because if you start it in say March or April, you're really starting to cut into the fall season because you know your off season typically for a you know for a normal calendar, like you're 
you know, you're setting down like your recruiting targets in April, May, mm -hmm. and then by June, you're starting summer camps. I would say like, if it's going to happen, like I'm going to record another show with our buddy, Matt or Matt Kendall. It's no, probably tonight. I think which, these happen just double up on the same day, which is fine. This, Cause I could talk about this for hours upon hours because of the million scenarios, options, thoughts, insights, and guesswork can happen. So we're not going to take too much, much everybody's time here. But I think if it could be done, like we've seen it been done on these pro levels. Can you do that at the college level? I don't think – I don't know if you can. But you know what the best way they could do it, I think? We can also – let me back up with the thing. Reese Davis, ESPN mentioned like – and we mentioned early, football is becoming no more two-a-days. You're not – teams barely practice in full pads and tackle to the ground except for maybe a couple scrimmages here and there max. And so if we're really going for player safety, there should be no spring. But we know money has an influence on this. And let's just say, let's say there's no vaccines. I don't think it's going to be, be available, or at least available to these people. Like, if it's first out there, we know it'll be more important people, like leaders, government officials, healthcare workers, frontline people, firefighters, police officers. Those type of people would get it before others, which is fine. It makes sense. Teachers, stuff like that, professors. But I thought of a plan that where this theoretically could work. You don't play as many games because it's impossible. I've thought of two options. I have one that would be, I think both are pretty good. I think they could work with no vaccine. John Wilner of the San Jose Mercury News brought this up in the Pac-12 if there was going to be somehow of a full season. Again, it's still, you're hitting each other. It's hard to tell, but let's just say the players on campus can kind of uh, control their environment and they're testing enough where, hey, you're not test positive two days before and your players who are playing are not not sick, which let's just say things are great. You have a, It just works well. Like, okay, you have it. Sorry, you're out. Boom, you're done. You know what I mean? Like you can control it enough where you're, Nobody has symptoms. Nobody has or symptoms or test positive. Okay, you test close enough to game day. It could be done, and then the players are super strict about or they can be. It takes a lot of work. I'm not saying it's easy, folks. But then you play a game, and if you're going to do spring or the Wilner plan is basically play a game two weeks off. Play a game two weeks off, essentially. So if you do have to quarantine, because here's the thing: if you have symptoms, you're out for a long time. If you don't have symptoms. You probably could come back sooner because you're not showing symptoms. But again, long-term effect, we've discussed that already. But that was kind of his plan. That's not what I'm talking about for spring. Like, why couldn't they do spring, like, do just a couple of games and play, like, once a month? Or every, every you know what I mean? Like, a game every four weeks. So you play, like, uh, like we play, end up playing, like, four games through the whole season. Like, you play just divisional opponents. I think that could help both factors where you're not doing as much brutal work. There's fewer games. You're still it's still not going to be ideal because of the health wise, but you're giving enough time in between for recovery. You're not traveling as much all these games. I think that could be feasible if they really want. Or just do this: have a you play one maybe one. You pick your one Mac rival, like who's your the team you hate the most. You want to play them. You guys get a hotel for a week or two. You just bubble the teams off for a week or two. And you play one game and that's it. Instead of your spring game, you do that where you have your players quarantined for enough time where there's no issues and you play the one game. I think those are probably the only two ways any type of spring could happen. If anybody's saying eight-plus games, they're out of their freaking mind. Yeah, eight-plus games is bad, but also, like, so much layoff time is also bad because then you're starting to really get into the weeds of, like, oh, it's almost April, it's almost May. You know, a bunch of our student-athletes are going to be graduating, one. And then, two, like, four weeks between games allows for a lot of rust. Yeah. You know, for like when the games do but hey, happen. So they haven't played in a year plus, man. You're getting lower, <laughs> like we're already getting lower quality football as it is in the yeah. spring. And then you threaten to make it like lower quality. I'm not trying to be like a negative Nancy here. No, it's I hear just you. Like, you're not wrong. I'm just thinking of ideas if they want to do more. If they want to do multiple games, you have to have a, a large break in between. Let's just say it's three right. weeks. And, and I, but I, yeah. I, think one, I think one idea that could work. What do you got? Uh... You play a division, and in the MAC that would be five, yes. so five division opponents, mm -hmm. and one or two crossovers, depending on how you want to determine tiebreakers. Because you know, one well, it would have to be seven then. That's all the games because though. You, you need to have a tie because you need to have tiebreakers, and then just one MAC championship game. Because like, it's one thing to bring the players out to play games, you know, like in your scenario that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, just play a couple games and you know, kind of warm up, and then you know, maybe you'll have a season. You know upcoming in the fall no these players want to play for something 
Like, it's not their choice. Like, I don't want to say it's not their choice. Well, I, I, ultimately, I know, it's not their I, choice. I, I know that ultimately, <laughs> they don't really have a lot of choice in it. But, like, if I'm if I'm a student and you're telling me, it's like, we're not playing for hardware, like, what am I here for? What's the point of my being here? Like, Yeah, but there's schools like, that already know they're not going to do that, too, even with week one. But right. I don't know. It, it's just, you take it, it's here's just the, we're at the point. You take what you can get. I think you know what I mean. Like if you give me four games, I'm there for. It. If you give me one huge game and somehow miraculously we can sell out a stadium in in May, like what? Like as for a conference site that like we go over, how great would it be, or how cool the, would it be? Where let's just say you play three, two or three games, you spread out the games throughout the whole seasons. Like you have a game once a week for like eight eight weeks, but you have like all these different opponents, like. That would be helpful too. It's like you don't have to stage them all on the same weekend. There'd be some scheduling things, but I think that would be, I don't know, it'd be fun to watch if that could be done, even if it's just two or three games. Like if you plan for it, you play for. And so, like some of these guys, it's their last chance because they may not come back if they get eligibility restored. Who knows what eligibility will count for if you play just a couple games if that's your season? Right. Uh, and that and that's another that's another factor too, is that we're really really like burying the lead in terms of like really brought everything to a halt like these like these athletes are getting together Mm -hmm. and like they're demanding things out of their conferences and the ncaa and you know should they all stay together you know and be you know really adamant about like what they're expecting out of their programs and that might make the whole point of a spring football season move you know like if the ncaa isn't promising them anything and if their respective college programs aren't promising them anything, yeah, they've already put themselves out there. You know, the Mac may not be able to get them to play, for instance, or the Mountain West might not be able to get them to yeah. play. You know, SEC might not be able to get them to play. So, like, that's also going to be something in the cards too. Uh, I referred to it in uh, the column that I wrote. You know, back in 2013, Northwestern tried something like that, and they and they won their case. And then Northwestern appealed, and they weren't able to form the union after all. Yeah, you know, it's seven years later. We're in a lot different political environment than we were then, and it's not just one school. It's essentially, you know, over half of college football's unpaid labor force is demanding some sort, at the very least, and like the MAC is at the very least, you know, just demanding like, hey. If you're gonna have us out there, at least protect us. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, like, you know, protect us health-wise. You know, with daily testing and uniform guidelines and things of that nature. And, you know, and protect us, you know, career-wise. Like, make sure that we're granted a, you know, un, uh, a redshirt year, basically, because it wouldn't be fair to our prospective professional career if we lost a year to this. Like, you know, that's what that's the base level of all the demands. And then you go up to like a Pac-12. They're asking for 20 percent of revenue or over to the ACC, SEC, where they're saying, hey, we want you to recognize our union. Exactly. Uh, so let, let's do this. Let's let's wrap this up really quick. So what's your thought? Like, is there going to be any sort of spring football? I. From the start. And we talked about this again before <laughs> we came on. I want a hard yes or no. Come on. Pessimistic. I, Me I too. Think there's going to be a season. Like I, back back in March when everything first shut down, I was a little optimistic that well, you know, we'll behave. a lot more optimistic. Exactly. Me too. <laughs> and then as soon as like June rolled around, I said, "Ah, crap, we're not having a season." And I to- I you know I told our staff that it's like it's June. This isn't changing. Teams are supposed to be back on the field. Let's hold off, you know, like, like that's all of our previews. We made that decision as a, as a site to just hold off on football previews until we had the news. And, uh, and like, and now we're going to be on an alternative schedule, which mm-hmm. we're hoping to roll out in the next few weeks here. But like from the start, we have assumed there's going to be no season. Yeah. We kind of did the same thing. Like we were going forward as, as planned, like the typical, cause I've done this for enough years to kind of know our timeline. Like we're still, we're still going to roll out our top 50 countdown. We're like 15 players left. We'll go finish that. We're doing a lot of uh non-conference preview stuff back in months ago. Let's just keep it going just in case it's out there. Then the past few weeks, it's like, Hey, if you miss it, you miss it. So it's not a huge deal. 
well, and I kind of tweaked like, all right, let's just do your surprise players just so it's kind of generic. So we kind of pared it down, but we were kind of going forward. Like, well, let's just, even though back in my head, like I told you before, like, our Nevada guy, and everybody knows our buddy Brandon Blake, he's like, no, nothing's going to happen. But he still went through. It's like, well, let's just do it. He's also like, it gives him a little release to talk about this stuff a little bit. So like, we'll still go forward and see what could happen. But we all, most of us kind of knew it's like, oh boy, we'll do our best. We still did our podcast previews. Like we're, we missed two teams, like UNLV, San Jose State. Sorry guys, we didn't preview for the season. And so that happens. But I think if there's a spring, I think uh, if they could put players aside in their own area, then they could do a couple games. But if we're really cared about their safety, I think that they should just do one game, take the players off somewhere for two weeks and then play one huge game and see if that could work. I think that well, could work. I, mean, I, I honestly wouldn't be like terribly pissy about doing something like the NFL does, where they have these like uh, closed scrimmages, essentially, mm-hmm. where like you get these you get these teams kind of in a bubble, and you have them you know run joint practices. That's what I was thinking. Yes, like you have them run these joint practices mm-hmm. together. So at the very least, like. You're getting out there against, you know, your fellow competitors in a semi-competitive environment and just kind of seeing what you have for the next season. Like, I would not mind that at all, terribly. It's a, it's a good way to understand, like, where you are in terms of the totem pole of, They've you know, your respective conferences. Everything I, I can see something like that happening. Plans to prepare to bring our kids uh, back to camp. I definitely could as well, yeah. Our volunteer workouts, the testing strategies... Oh. What? What is Sorry. happening? Oh, and the kind of workouts that we can do. Um, I'll need to tweak that. Sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I was okay. Uh, we're wrapping up here. I know. Actually, I'll leave it in because I don't have time to edit stuff. I had a University of Utah Zoom meeting. I was supposed to join for AD Mark Carlin. I'm like, I'll hop in and hit mute really quick. That did not happen fast enough. So I'll get that from somebody else later. <laughs> from all right. Well, I don't, don't want to keep you from your. I don't want to keep you from your day job. Yeah. So I'll log off here. Yeah, we've gone for an hour, folks. This has been fun. I could talk. We could. It's not just going in circles. We could talk about this forever, but um, I think there's a small chance. I like the one big game scrimmage is a good idea as well because it's um, heck. Let's put on TV. You know what I mean? Nobody needs to be there. But I think the Mount Wilson Mac made the right choice. I'm going to make one prediction. I did this last week. I think uh, – I thought by the end of this week every league would cancel. I honestly think if there's going to be any football games played, like in the fall, I think there might be a week or two at most. I don't think – if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I don't think there's going to be more than a week, week or two worth of games played. Oh, no. It, it's going to be an absolute disaster. I think there will be a couple played because week one is – fairly i don't say easy but more manageable you know what i mean like oh week one where everybody's great we're good to go i think after a couple of games especially when there's week 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 games for everybody we'll see but uh i don't know well i i think there'll be a little bit but not a ton it'll there will not be a conclusion to the season in fall no it's like you said they'll play a couple games but i just think at some point like no matter how much you plan or how much you prepare like there's so many uncertainties you know, from like the virus and what we know about that to like the medical research in terms of that to even just like the officials in charge of making sure that we're doing things right. Exactly. All right. Well, there's there's too many variables in place. I don't don't care like how meticulous you're being. Like if one thing goes wrong, the entire thing is shot. Exactly. All right. So we're wrapping this up today. We thank you, uh, James, for hopping on. Go check out hustlebelt.com, which we were very familiar with those guys because one real quick thing, 10 years, I saw what Matt Sussman put up. I'm like, I know Matt from back in the day when we ran Mountless Connection, which we've uh, moved on to different places at the moment. But I remember Matt, I saw the fan post. I'm like, what, 10 years, really? We're, we, we, I think our old site came on about the same time as Hustle Belt did. It's wild. Maybe a year, or t- maybe, yeah, maybe a year or two earlier. So check them out. I've known most everybody over there doing stuff for us about for a year. So also check out your, his, your piece, James, when it all falls down, I need to go through that a bit more, but check all that out. And whatever Matt coverage you have, definitely worth the read. And we will see when football comes around basketball. If, if it ever, if we ever have sports again, because who knows, maybe let's burn it all down. Just be done. Right. Maybe it's just over. Hope not. But. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I hope not either, but you know, it's like I said, and when it all falls down, like it crumbles, if, the Roman Empire has fallen. It's known as NCAA, right? Essentially. 
Yeah, it's like if everything crumbles, like what do we do afterwards? That's going to be the important question. Oh, I, I could. I need. I need to watch Sopranos, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, it, like, and I, and I think like ultimately, like the end, the end game of that column is we have to treat players like they're people, and we're not treating players like people right now. That'll change, and we'll wrap up here. Nil is going to nil is going to come through. Supreme Court already said he can get more. Here, Mike, again, I'll give the most basic thing will be done here. I listen to like CBS Sports podcast, the basketball one, Jeff Goodman. He makes the best point ever and saying it for years during the FBI investigations. If you can play the players, all basically cheating goes away overnight. And that's their big concern and say whatever. But a mark and the market will sustain itself. Like we don't need to get too far. We'll take 10 seconds here, but some dealership in some podunk town. Is it are they smart businessmen to give the backup center two hundred thousand dollars or the starting quarterback two million dollars for a season to go wash cars or drive a car out to be in a commercial? They're they're not stupid people who made their money for a reason. So the market will sustain itself and come back, but give them the opportunity to make money. And for let's just say it's only to start players, why don't you go talk to the golf athlete, the soccer player, the swim team member? Somebody who does track and field private golf lessons, you can make good money doing private golf lessons or putting your name on a camp, right? And so that's part of it too, or allow them to make some money and give them, I'm not going to say equal, an equal voice because I don't know if that's fair because they are kids, but give them some sort of voice in the room with advisors to kind of help them be part of the conversation to at least be listening to what's going on. I think right. that's fair, right? That is what should be done, but th- thank you for hopping on again. Check us out, MWR.com. Go to HustleBelt.com. Excellent podcast. You guys started a podcast recently, too. Is that still going to continue going on? Or uh, yeah. attempting so, to figure uh, something to talk about? <laughs> uh, the Elevator Speech. Uh, Mid-American Bandwagon, hosted by our friends uh, Sam Thillman. I hope I'm saying that right. And Zach Follador. Every Friday, usually around 1 o'clock, they release a new episode of, you know, just bants for the most part, you know, with sports being canceled essentially we're gonna be trying out some weird new content that we hope people will like right now we're doing for instance a mac mascot tournament bracket Ooh. which has been really, really fun to do so far so yeah check those guys out it's on all of the uh all the streaming platforms so spotify apple Podcasts, google podcasts uh pandora apparently has a podcast service now so yeah it, it's fun i'll be on the next episode of that as well talking perfect about what we're talking about here but sam and zach are really fun guys i brought them on specifically to do that because i felt that they were very entertaining a very entertaining pairing so yeah feel perfect. free to check it out you can find it at uh mac bandwagon uh, mac underscore bandwagon on twitter and then we post an archive every friday around one to two o'clock on the main site perfect yeah check all that out check everything we all do Sports will be back eventually. It just may be next year, but all right, folks, everybody, have a have a good rest of your day or whenever you're listening to this because it doesn't matter. And thanks again, James. Yeah, of course. Always happy to come back on.